0: Hello and welcome back to episode 24 of Soria Grind. Uh, I'm Kiwi, better known as Joel, and I'm joined again back uh, by popular demand, Sam. Um, Your manager name, Doge Sports, Uh, a very beautiful gallery indeed. Um, How's it going, mate? Hey, Joel, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Good to have you back um, on the pod again. Um, lots going on in the world, and I know that you've been a busy guy uh, just in general. But um, just overnight, we had uh, Liverpool announced as to just about no one's surprise because it was like the worst kept secret of many badly kept secrets that Serie has had. But they've just uh, released you know, the 2022, 2023 cards. Uh, any thoughts or opinions on it? so far?
1: Um, yeah, obviously everyone knew it was coming and um, a few people are sort of tweeting out saying, you know, they can buy Liverpool limited stacks. Yep. Um, I think it's great. Um, it's a shame it's not the Premier League, but, uh, mm. you know, one team at a time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure whether um, whether they do have plans for the other teams. I'm sure they're hopeful of it. Um, I'm really surprised just like the volume they've come to market with. Um, oh, like for Liverpool, like, if they've launched like, at well, least there's 1,500 cards left. I mean, on the market, and there were more than that. That's quite a lot. That's like almost almost 10% of the market right now of new auctions is Liverpool cards. <laughs> In fact, wow. it's actually more than that. Um, we're just going, boom, yeah, here's, here's Liverpool. Um, I saw YNWA tweeting about it, um, not impressed with the um, quality of the, the photos on the cards. To be honest, I have to agree. I think they're pretty mediocre. Um, I was looking through them and, like, for some reason, Oxo chamberlain and Cater, like, their jersey colour is, like, really different now. So they've, they've brightened their photos, I think. But then Andy Robertson looks like he's, you know, been – like found in a club and they've taken a photo of him in his shirt like well, in some dingy club or something but <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on there it's like hey this is the probably the, the biggest club announcement uh, that we've had and it's obviously been in the works for ages because the pool's been you know in the API for like their new cards for, for quite a while um, and then they released them and it's like who, who checked off the photos and the designs like, it's just it's a bit odd really um, maybe Surrey's just too busy they've got like a lot in the works I don't know, I don't know what you, you think Like, are we just, am I, are we, those of us that not a, not a fan of the cards just like being a bit fussy because I mean at the end of the day it's about the utility right um, yeah it is but
1: it, it's also the, the professionalism and the quality needs to be high and it needs to remain high um, if we want to to sort of dominate, um, I've noticed that they, they are sort of flooding the market with cards and stuff, whether they're trying to raise capital or prove higher earnings for some sort of deal or, uh, I'm not sure. Um, possible. I predicted, especially with so rare data that when they're introducing, you know, new sports, so the baseball and now basketball mm-hmm. is that like, um, there's a tremendous amount of data and cards just stored in the database and just from a technical point of view there was always going to be issues keeping it on the same platform so instead of cloning it for each sport and having a separate platform they decided to just make it one platform and just add on
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and there was always going to be and that was my question on the ask me anything on their podcast was that to the founder of Sora Data, you know, do you expect any issues going to kind of rise from this technically? Because adding thousands of you new know, cards and sports and stuff uh, for the different sports, um, it's going to have issues. And he's just like, no, it should be fine. And then we're just starting to see like outages and and um, stuff like that. So I think that's expected. But in terms of rare, I think maybe they're just a bit distracted by the basketball. Spreading the resources too thin, probably. So maybe mm-hmm. the quality just on the cards is just overlooked.
0: Yeah, I do wonder whether they like might go through and do some sort of touch-ups, you know, for the you know twenty of a thousand onwards or whatever whatever the number is. Because um, I think they did that early on, like really early days, um, or even actually just with some uh, for like. 2021-22 20, uh, and twenty twenty one season cards. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure there was a couple of teams where they just kind of like slightly modified the assets and the, well, the, the image in the um, and the card. But it's kind of a bit, a bit disappointing. Darwin looks like he's um the shortest player in the team. I it was pretty funny. <laughs> he's uh, I don't know what's going on there because, like the shirt, you know, they all have like the stamp charted near the bottom of the image, but obviously like the, I don't know. If, zoomed him out a bit or something <laughs> it's funny uh, do you
1: know um i'll have to look into the technicals of where they store the images on the blockchain um because yeah. often with the with the nft uh, the image is generally just hashed and stored you know like on a centralized server usually right uh, so they're probably I'll have to look into it. They're probably storing that image. So I was just under the understanding that they could just switch the image if they wanted to. Um, oh,
2: really? Okay. Um, I had no to so Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Yes, I don't know whether did maybe just Liverpool provide some crap images? I don't know. Um, but a bit of a problem. But cool to, as a Liverpool fan myself, kind of cool to have uh, some, some greater supply of those players most of them are going to be probably yeah, they the like not worth the price in yeah, it's like yeah
1: they might the point. point i was trying to make is if like say one of the players images was was minted and you know for some stupid reason the, the actual player was off center and have you seen those ones <laughs> <Where> <laughs> there's a couple I think. yeah like which is um it's almost unbelievable that those are actually minted like that um, unless they've done it on purpose.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just, uh, I don't
1: know, a bit, bit of interest. It, it's just, uh, unbe- yeah, it's unbelievable from a professional company point of view. Um, and then um, whether they have the ability to switch the image and correct it which um, I believe they do um uh, right. we'll find out whether or not whether it's a company process where they're like hey once it's minted we don't touch it and some designer some developer has minted these by accident or something um, and and the company process is once it's minted we don't touch it we might be just awesome. that but from a technical point of view i believe they can just change it
0: so right yeah. Because I I was under the impression that essentially once it's minted, like you can't really change the image like that's that.
1: Um, No, it's it's all smart contracts um, and it's all wallet addresses. So if, say, the the image was hashed and and then stored on the metadata of the uh, contract, then you could, um, it would point to, like, say, uh, an image location on a server. So you could just, you could just read into it and
0: swap it, Right. Yeah, could do that. The other thing that I thought was surprising is that they've come out straight away with Sala as the unique card that off It's got to be about the worst time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, not, a prim- not a premier game coming up. Liverpool, not in particularly great form. Um, I actually noticed um, one of our competitors in the Surrey Data World League Stockmaster, um is uh the the leading bidder at the moment um <laughs> on that sala unique um i'd be uh, pretty surprised um if sala you know goes for like two ETH but you know we thought he would probably end up going for more than that but do you, you got any, got a view of what do you can would go for you're not planning to um bid um for Salah yourself
1: well, I remember a time where you could bid and then just hope the server goes down so you can <laughs> <laughs> but I don't they've been pretty like online these days uh, on, like, yeah that will happen. you never know
0: I'd be surprised um the Spanish second division I don't know if you have really much interest in that yourself I do for a couple of reasons but um any have you like this is actually the first I think league in a in a while where we've had, like, a completely new league and, like, all of the teams, all of the cards, like, all up, like, boom, all at once. Um, have you got any, any thoughts on that, Sam?
1: I know nothing about that league, um, but it sounds like a good scouting uh, opportunity.
0: I think so. Um, the, I mean, the, one of the reasons I have an interest in the Spanish 2nd Division is um, one of the teams in their Gijón which is like the one you don't say when you've um, got a mouthful of food. Um, <laughs> they uh, are like right at the top, um, north northwestern Spain, basically. Um, they uh, are basically one of the only teams outside of Liverpool uh, in rare that I've actually seen play live um, because that uh, region, that town actually, is where my wife grew up. Uh, and so I went along to a game there about a season and a half ago. So it's kind of cool to have... Um, one of the yeah to have like a, a team that I've kind of got a bit more of a connection with in the game. Um, I don't know that they have many great players on uh, on you know actually from a so rare scoring um, perspective. But um, be very interested to follow that league um, one because of of sporting Hichon, but two because uh, you might not be aware of this and. Um, I'm sure once people really realize it's going to send prices quite a bit higher, but it's the, one of the only leagues in the world that's going to be still going when the world cup's on, um, they play through the world cup. Um, and there's some fixtures, um, and and a lot of the game weeks align with a lot of the actual world cup, um, game weeks as well. Um, it's pretty interesting. Um, and, um, to be honest, it's something I was, I was deciding whether or not to, to say on stream and make people widely aware of it. Um, I'm going to be, I've already been picking up a couple of players myself, but yeah, we'll be planning to pick up more. But to me, that just seems like a quite a good opportunity. You know, you're looking for one extra player to fill out your, who knows what Syria does during the World Cup. They might do just about nothing and it might be really naff, um, or they might just do some really cool stuff. Um And so I suspect just having that, you know, one or two extra players that have a game um, and they might not be great players, but they've got like a really lopsided fixture against bottom of the league. All of a sudden, you know, that one player to finish off that lineup could be pretty important, pretty valuable. Um, So I've I've had a good look through the league um, on the Buy Me A Coffee site, which I've um, put together um, and talked about a little bit on the last pod. Uh, I've, I'll be putting some data up on La Liga 2. I've gone through the entire division um, and have a few thoughts on, on different teams um, that I like the look of, um, not just from the scoring of players, but from the fixtures that i have got coming up. Um, one of the particular um, that... Uh, looks really good, which isn't exactly a like a huge surprise, because they're second in the league, but is um, Las Palmas, or I think La Palma is pronounced. Um, they play this weekend, um, so that's the other thing, there's games this weekend, Game Week 308, one of the only leagues it has, I think, along with some of the America's ones. Uh, they play 14th, uh, then 20th, then 14th, then 18th, then 19th. um in the league that's when i say 14th 20th that's the team they're playing against their home or away position so like the 14th best i can't actually remember who specifically they're playing um, so anyway regardless they've got a decent run of fixtures there and they're already fairly highly ranked um there's some decent players in that team but one of the players um in particular who i think um, already people have realized is it gonna be a bit of a cheat code is um Jose Caro, which uh, ironically caro means expensive in Spanish. <laughs> um, he has got an L5 of 74. Um and because they've kept a clean sheet in every one of the first six games this season, um Vertigos, the team he plays for. Um, sorry data is a bit broken i've noticed uh on the past data they're like giving clean sheet scores in games that didn't have clean sheets um, to a number of goalkeepers but he it's like this is like the stoke city of the la liga uh, second division they just keep a lot of clean sheets um Six
1: clean sheets in the last six games, not bad.
0: Yeah, 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 they haven't conceded to start the season, they've only scored two goals. (laughs) Um, yeah, four nils and two one nils. Um, and uh, I had my eye on him, I was hoping that a lot of people would would miss it, but I don't think that anyone's really not see that. Um, so yeah, he looks like an incredible value both unlimited and rare probably super rare when one comes around who knows when that'll be but actually there's one on auction at the moment there you go 21 hours to go don't know what he'll go for but looks yeah burgos look like defensively quite a impressive team yeah that that's huge news <laughs> about playing through the world cup
1: um are you mm. you sure about that did you do you, you look through the um the game week center on Surrey data or
0: yep i've, I've looked, looked yeah looked on um the la liga website looked on uh espn looked on google for the google fixtures um and you can see it um you know when you scroll through the next games and Surrey data like 20th of November 27th of November 4th of December 7th of December 11th of December 18th of December that's that's all straight through the World Cup so um, yeah so does that mean does
1: that mean that um, champ champion Europe would be uh,
0: well these guys would be I, well these guys aren't usable in champion Europe because they're the B league so do so
1: they go into Challenger then, or where, where does that league fit in?
0: At the moment, they can uh, only be used in uh, All Star, like the underdog specialist, under 23, and I guess the Legends Challenge. Not that that is really that worthwhile, in my view. Um, yeah, but sorry, have previously indicated that they were going to launch like a Champion B league just for those like five second division leagues. So I'm guessing they will probably launch that before the World Cup, I would anticipate, um, because we've now got really four leagues covered. You've got League 2 cards out, pretty pretty widely available. Bundesliga 2 cards out, pretty widely available. Um, you know Now La Liga 2, uh, I don't know that the Serie B, like it's covered, but I don't think they've done the league launch, I'm guessing, given this one's just launched, they're probably going to do that shortly. Um who knows about the champ? Like, you know, not sure what the maybe you know. Maybe the reason they've got Sony cards coming out is because they've actually got the Premier license and they've actually got the Championship license, and they're like, we need to get these these cards out before the World Cup, otherwise, you know, we're going to miss out. I don't know. Um, maybe that's overly up to But regardless, I think they'll probably you know have that league up and running before long. But you know, you still be able to use these guys and. Um, like you know global all-star alongside your World Cup lads so I think um, you know the fact you can't use them in Challenger or champion top champion doesn't seem to be that, uh, that big of a deal to me um, I think there's yeah some very very good players I've had a pretty good scout through um, all of my or two um, thus far and identified some, some players but I suspect over the next probably few days you're going to see some of the the best pricing for it before everyone starts to, start to realise that they're going to be available to the World Cup. Um, Wouldn't be surprised to see
1: um, maybe a limited stack uh, take one of the top spots during the World Cup. Yeah, um, a, a limited stack of the La Liga two. Yeah,
0: well the and I've I've really gone through the data on La Liga, La Liga two, <laughs> but um, one thing I noticed which I was, I, I rechecked my numbers over because I was quite surprised by it. It is by far and away the most defensive league, I think, in all of Syria. Um, at least outside of, I haven't looked through champion Europe and I haven't actually gone through America so I know it's definitely, mm. <laughs> MLS is definitely not the most defensive league. Um, not sure about the Brazilian league though because um, there are some, or, or the Argentinian league, is reasonable number of plan sheets there but um, the home teams um, are averaging about 0.76 goals against per game, per game in, La, in La Liga I think the second lowest across like the 14 leagues I've, that I've gone through and actually have pretty exhaustive data on, I think the second most offensive, I'm not going to be able to remember off, off the top of my head now um,
2: Whatever it was, I think was like an average goals against at home
0: of like one point one. That's a big difference. I think. Oh, I think it was Serie B actually. Yeah, it was Serie B. The Italian second division is actually the second most defensive. That was one point, Yeah, one point oh six goals against per game. It was La Liga to zero point seven six. So a huge difference. Um, even away, like away sides, not conceding a huge amount. Um, and even just looking at like the clean sheet ratio which is kind of really what matters the most for goalkeepers um, it has the like 38% of teams finish with a clean sheet home and away every game week um, thus far at least and uh, the next highest Scotland, but that's just because basically Rangers and Celtic. (laughs) Most game weeks, those are the clean sheet. Um, And yeah, so I was, you can't make an assumption that, you know, like Spanish football, nice, like flowing attacking football, for whatever reason, La Liga 2, very low scoring. Um, And I last season was also pretty low scoring, not as low scoring as this, but like it's it's a thing. Spanish second division, not particularly great at taking football. And I had look, having a look through a lot of the teams. Like it was a struggle to find many good like forward players. Like you're not seeing like your pose and all the other you know top end um, attacking talents that you see and um, like Eredivisie and the Belgian league and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I don't know what don't know what happened with that, but there's an abundance of. Good defensive and goalkeeper options um, in, in La Liga two. Um, just, just looking through the lineups, it looks like
1: a lot of the teams play four at the back. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's one of the reasons.
0: Could be. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't actually looked at that that detail. I think there's a couple that play three at the back, but yeah, I mean so I was, like most most teams are playing a
1: sort of a four three three. Yeah. So, maybe it's a different type of different style of football down in, or in, a 4 2 3 1. Yeah, looks like it's like you see a lot of the top end teams, you know, playing sort of three at the mm. back, two wide wingers.
2: Mm.
1: Oh, but this division, I mean, nearly every lineup is four at the back. So.
0: Yeah, lots of like your yeah, 4 2 3 1, 4 3 mm. 3 formation. Maybe that's
1: why, maybe they're just yeah more focus on defense which is interesting
0: yeah I mean that's not the assumption I've made like Italy's obviously like you know always been viewed as like a slower league and you know a bit more sort of defensive focus a lot of like famous Italian defenders but yeah the Spanish second division even more defensive so yeah worth a worth a deep dive into that individually um, I suspect uh, there might be a, a certain Sam that's going for a bit of a, a look through uh, La Liga 2 uh, super and in rare options.
1: I guess and, the challenge you have is you end up with all these new teams that they're onboarding and all these new divisions. Yeah. Um, I mean, where do, you, where do you draw the line? I mean, you just end up with too many players. Um, totally. And what I'm finding at the moment is what I'm, it's, it's, hard, it's becoming harder to sell players. I don't know if you've noticed that. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm having to sort of drop prices right down, like way below maybe Mm. 80%. You know, just keep dropping. And then um, you'll get undercut and then it just keeps dropping. Yeah. um, Especially rewards. You win the reward and um, you look at the value and you're like, oh, that's pretty decent. But realistically, once it's, depending on who it is, once it's sold, you get like 70% of what it was
0: before you tried to sell it. I noticed you had a, uh, a fairly good Game Week 306. Um, and I just looked at some of the rewards you got. I think you, you've managed to sell off a lot of the rewards that you won. But do you want to talk to uh, how you went? And I mean, my Game Week 306 was shocking. It's not even worth talking about. Um, <laughs> but do you, to, do you want to talk to your uh, Game Week three or six and how you went? Uh,
1: yeah, maybe just touch on one thing. Um, sure. Like I mentioned before, that the, um, the Zenit stack came up trumps again. Um, yeah. Even though they were playing away at Dynamo Moscow, mm-hmm. uh, so they're a pretty decent team. They ended up winning two 0 I think.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so yeah, just whack the put the Zenit stack in, and because they were all like souped up on XP. Um, just, um, yeah. Obviously they. I think that next season they'll be good when they're like a little bit higher XP.
2: <clears throat>
1: mm. um, and then you've got, say, all the new leagues that, are, you know, they lose the 5% bonus. So that extra 5 five to 10% across the board could make a huge difference.
0: Mm. Especially on season board. start.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I'm not sure Soria will change that. There's no, there's been no indication that they will.
0: I think it's kind of important that they find it useful for uh, selling new cards. But yeah, I guess when you, if you've got like a team that's kind of not having cards minted for like two or three seasons or
2: you know,
0: longer and longer, it kind of gets a bit more and more ridiculous to keep that five percent, you know, new new season card and inverted um, bonus.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not sure what the highest they're so saying on the rare cards. I'm not sure what the highest bonus is. I think
0: I've seen fourteen. I think the most you can get to on like a level basis is—is is it not? Oh, maybe I've got it wrong. I thought it was fifteen. Like you can get overall to if you had the five
1: No, the level. Yeah, the levels go up to twenty on the cards. Uh, but the, right. the, the the XP bonus like, the highest I've seen that it's fourteen.
0: Well, it must, must go to 15 then, because I think it's half a percent per level, 20 levels, okay. half 10 plus 15. 5, yeah.
1: So you'd imagine, be- you know, all the Zenit stack at 15, 15%, 15%. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty hard to beat, even if you've got IR stacks. Yeah. Um, even if you get flat hundreds. So um, a couple of week- few weeks ago when I came second, I had uh, the four outfield players scored flat hundreds and the captain was a 100 and my goalkeeper scored 81
2: <laughs> yeah
1: so you just you can't get better than that really well someone did uh their yeah. goalkeeper scored 100. um <laughs> he saved a penalty
0: oh that was uh, the um the one that where there was the f- it was the first like 500 right the first
1: yeah and so i 500s, came yeah. behind that with four flat hundreds and uh, a
0: fuming. Oh, I'd be absolutely fuming.
1: Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of cool. Um, but then I guess then it just comes down to bonuses. Um, so if it gets to the point where differentials don't matter anymore because if everyone <clears throat> scores 100, it doesn't matter if you've got differentials. Because yeah, totally. So what matters then is XP yeah. um, and your goalkeeper. Yeah. And so it's just a roulette. Did your goalkeeper save a penalty or-
0: yeah, it's interesting. Like, at um, sort of, like, the lower to mid-level rewards, like, having a keeper that yeah. kept a clean sheet, like, that's that's kind of what it's about. You get to the top end, it's like, that might not be enough. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if you kept a clean sheet. Like, does he play with his feet? Like, is he, you know, pass the ball out? Or is he a goalkeeper that just punts it forward? Like, he punts it forward. Goodbye chances of, you know, winning first, even if the rest of your team's scoring big. I thought it was funny that, I think it was that was the weekend after I, you were on the podcast last time and you were talking up about your sack. and then of course you know Wendell, Douglas Santos and Malcolm all scoring hundred. And I did actually laugh to myself because you were like, Oh, I do synthetic, She never scores a hundred. Like this way, yeah. you never captain and he got three three assists and scored a hundred that very game. Week. Oh, that was pretty, pretty I also
1: mentioned Barrios at point one and he scored for uh, the Zenit, Zenit defensive midfielder. He scored a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Or ninety nine points or whatever. Um, and he was point one at the time. Wow. Um so that would have been a decent sort of threshold player. I think his his value's gone up now, but was that his rear? It was point one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, wow, that's that's a very good value. But I think it might be point three you know. Yeah.
1: And because they're banned from uh, Europe.
0: Europe, yes.
1: they're pretty much they're no full mm. strength team, and they get full-week rest. It's just like yep. everything just ticks the boxes. The only thing I don't like about it is it's Russia. Um, yeah. Um, you know, but you're basically watching Brazil because the whole team is just Brazil. Yeah.
0: It's like the, a Brazil sort of like third-string national team.
1: <laughs> and you can actually watch the games on the, on the Russian YouTube channel. It's oh, like right. the Russian. Yeah, there's the Russian Premier League YouTube channel. It's like five dollars a month, and right. you can watch uh, most of the games there live um, okay. in HD. So, That's which not is too bad. cool. Um, well, so you can basically watch Brazil
0: every week. Just- yeah. <laughs> Depending, yeah, well, if you're watching Zenit, not so much if you're watching Sochi. I um, since our last okay. podcast, I actually bought um, a player from Sochi, um, Nikita Burmistrov. Um 33-year-old guy because so she've got a nice fixture run and he's got five decisives in the last five games, one in each. Um it's pretty, pretty epic that little purchase. Um but yeah, I mean having that bonus of you know, even though he's only God. a lot level eight or something, you know, nine percent XP bonus makes a quite a difference when you're going for threshold. Um I just had the disgusting thing last week of <clears throat> my um centre back for Silon Blue Wings, both gave away a penalty and got sent off, um, which absolutely ruined uh, that that team. Um, but, you know, that's part of the joy of Surrea. And then, uh, yeah, fr- frustration of rotation at Yokohama. Um,
2: they, oh, Saria just... Um,
0: also released the uh, Android app. Do you use the, like the apps at all? The- yeah, I did see that um, I'm an Android user,
1: so I installed it. Um, you can't do much, on, I don't know if you've seen it, you can't do much yeah.
0: on it. No, it's like, you can set your line up and you can, I mean, I did plant my rewards on it the other okay. day, which was kind of kind of neat, because I'll be honest, like it's a small thing, but to like get the laptop out and like log in, um, yeah, you know, it's actually a little tedious, um, just to, you know, open open rewards. And so I, I thought that was kind of neat, um, being able to do that, um, on the phone. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, the other thing actually I found interesting was I never really look at my training lineups almost ever. Like, I, just, I don't really have a look and like, how did they do? Um, but I just laughed at myself because one of my training lineups, um, because they show like, I think, an order of, rank achieved or something. I don't know quite how they've determined. But um one of my training lineups basically, or actually two of them outscored a number of, of my lineups that I picked um, for the week, which you just absolutely hate to see. Um but yeah I thought it was kind of interesting just having those sort of coming up because I've never really like to be honest looked much at the, the training lineups and how they go because obviously you know, if they finish first out of 460,000 or however many of the training laps there are submitted every week really doesn't kind of mean anything. Um, the thing that annoyed me a bit about the app or dis- disappointed rather than annoyed, and it probably doesn't affect you because I don't think you play it at all, but um, you can't do the SORIA MLB stuff on it. You can't you know, get your rewards for that or submit your laps for that. Um, because you're not playing at all there, eh? the MLB, yeah.
1: No, no, it's not really into that,
0: so uh, I was a bit of a with that, but uh, uh,
2: hopefully,
1: they will um,
2: they'll head it. And the, it uh, by the some...
1: basketball, but um, yeah, just this is no edge. If you don't have an edge, there's not really much point in competing.
0: See, I hear what you're saying, but like MLB, yeah. My, I barely know the game. Like I had to Google it, and I've made a, a profit off of it. I mean, I'm not playing, like, big time. I'm just playing like small fry, you know, mostly limited, a little bit of rears, but I've actually been most weeks winning rewards. The other week, I won a reward that's basically more than or about as much as I've spent in total um, on MLB, which I, which I sold. Um, not the same oversupply of cards. Issue that the football side is saying because they can't add more teams <laughs> there's only that many teams i mean sure there's you know five thousand limited limiteds instead of a thousand but you know you you've really got probably like a fifth number of teams or less than the first now actually compared to football um, number of teams covered but i've just found that it's just all about data really um and sorry data is good at like showing the past, but I don't think it's particularly great um, from a predictive point of view. Um, and literally all I've done in the baseball, and if you're someone that's semi-handy with spreadsheets, literally all I did was just find a few sites that that have the data that comes through on hits first base, all that crap. You know, I had to Google all of the different abbreviations to get an understanding of what they all mean. Um, went with a spreadsheet, Work out some averages and and multipliers, and you can pretty quickly like have a, a good idea based on past results for that season. You know, which matchups are favourable, um, and where you're kind of on average gonna score well. And um, so far, it's it's actually been not too bad, um, relatively accurate. So I expect with basketball, I've actually pre prepared a spreadsheet <laughs> for uh, NBA, pulled all of the players from last season um and once the matrix comes out just you know multiply those values by the scoring values and I think there'll be some um some hidden gems in there because everyone's going to go for you know like Stephen Curry and um LeBron James and like you know there's no way I'm going to be buying players like that I mean they're just they're not going to be underpriced relative to your average player long term they might be underpriced at the start but relative to others they won't be and but you know, there's going to be guys in there that are like you're kind of not at your all-star level they're kind of like second or third they might be like a beast on blocks or a beast on rebounds or whatever um, and it wouldn't surprise me if upon launch they you know they don't balance it right and they put too much value on I don't know rebounds or too much value on shooting percentage or something um, and that's where I think people maybe get tripped off on feeling like a need to actually know and understand the game where often it's like especially sports like baseball and nba where they're so like boiled down to their components there's like less of a kind of anarchy to the game like football has um it's a bit more sort of well, it's heavy well heavily stats driven i feel like there's quite a uh, opportunity to to take advantage of that but maybe it's just me but i'm looking forward to nba i'm definitely gonna. Um, give it a go but it does become difficult where you're like you're not spreading so thin right because you're like you know I want to play NBA I want to play football like I don't really like baseball that much but I'm doing all right at it so like I'll just keep playing um and yeah I mean it's tough to know when when do you just cut it and go all right um I'm just sticking to these two like it's kind of that FOMO thing I guess
1: well, from a content creator point of view, so I think it's a good idea to try them and just have a go because then you've got you know skin in the game and you can you know talk about you know at least know the basics and what's going on. Mm. But if you're not creating content and you don't really watch the sports, yeah, then um, you're probably probably better off just sticking to football. Yeah, um, and using the extra ETH there and using. You know, you probably get more yield and more fun there. To be honest, um, depends, I guess, whether you like the sport. If you love basketball, mm. you know definitely, it's for you. But the other thing, just doing it off spreadsheets is going to be interesting. You could probably make <laughs> yeah. a profit, but um, yeah, that there's always like opportunity cost with your time, mm. so you could totally. be using that to, to just improve your football lineup. So, um, I've always been under the. Um, Motto of sort of you know if something's working, double down. So if something works, double down on it instead right. of spreading across mm. something else. Yeah. So that's what always is certainly well. So football's working, mm. double down on it. But um, if you're bored and you wanted to have um, pick one of the basketball teams and just you know go with that. I guess that yeah. Fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, it looks like it's going to have much more following. The the thing um, that MLB and inevitably NBA um, won't have that the football has is actually the ETH earning element of it, like directly, you know, ETH payouts, the threshold, uh, kind of this cornerstone of like Syria football, really. Um, And because they're not present in MLB and NBA, my uh, the question, I guess, is, is like at what point do they yeah. offer something that is value, value beyond the cards themselves? Because otherwise, and people might be uncomfortable to hear it, but otherwise it's essentially long-term the Ponzi scheme. Um, unless the cards are actually you know have some level of collectability. But uh, to be honest, at this point, I just don't think they do. don't know if you've got a yeah, view
1: I heard that Nicholas was um, discussing the possibility of introducing a stablecoin. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you saw in the news this week that um, the SEC dropped in a clause in the court case that, that, that Ethereum is a, The whole of Ethereum ecosystem is a security.
0: Right. I didn't see that. Um,
1: yeah, they dropped this clause in one of the court cases. It might have been in, in the Ripple case. Or the one um, Yeah. But uh, oh. one of the clauses was everything on Ethereum. And their their um their case was that forty six percent of the Ethereum nodes are run in the U S.
2: Right. So
1: the quote unquote the majority yes. of Ethereum is in the U S. And hence it comes under the securities law. Well. So hence everything on Ethereum, including all the tokens anything runs on it, is a security and owned by the U S. Wow. So, um, there's Uh, It's a bit tongue in cheek, and they do have the Mm. opportunity to remove the flaws. And if they did go after Ethereum, there would be huge um, uproar and backlash because the Mm. sheer amount of projects that run on it. Yes. So um, it's very unlikely.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: But it is a threat to the Ethereum ecosystem, and and so we'll be looking at that going, okay, Mm. where are our threats? Okay, now this needs to be, we need to remove. Remove this risk from our um, business model. So yeah. they might be like, okay, we'll just move everything to a stable coin. Yeah, so it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. The thing is, with the, this state, every stable coin that they choose has also has risks.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: Um, so it would be interesting to see which one they choose, whether it's USDC or USDT, um, and whether they would support initially like dual wallets. So mm-hmm. you could. Um, Switch between your uh, stablecoin wallet and your Ethereum yeah. wallet. Uh, because, I don't know about you, uh, I personally like the exposure to Ethereum. Mm, totally. Uh, I think long, long term, I think if Ethereum you know, continues to do what it's doing, it yeah. uh, will be hugely beneficial for all the Soviet users. Value. Mm. Um, but in terms of risks to the company, uh, yeah, they're it would simplify the trading as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's interesting how, yeah, there's kind of just eternally been this debate on like, you know, it's right to value players in terms of Ethereum or it's right to value in terms of fiat and how the reality is people, some people do it with Ethereum, some people do it with fiat. And because of that, there's often like quite a lot of interesting dynamics that play out in player pricing dependent on, where ETH pricing is at. Um, and so if they were to remove the, you know, so that's not based on Ethereum, it's instead a stable coin. Um, it would be quite interesting to see how, yeah, how movements and play, player pricing changes. Um, I think in some ways it'd be a loss. Um, personally, I've mainly um, traded in terms of Ethereum. Um, and partly the reason for that is because of a long-term um Belief in it, or long-term hope in it—it's a, you know, bit of a different asset. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's just—it's another element to the to the cards um, that accentuates the value, in my view. Um, so, yeah, I'd be surprised if if they move from. Well, I would, and I wouldn't, because of those risks. And I know that I think f- for them to perhaps get like the mass adoption that they want. Um, for a lot of people the kind of whole Ethereum side of things is scary for some and so perhaps by moving away from that, that might actually be to the overall, you know, the growth of the overall platform, the benefit of the growth of the overall platform, so yeah watch the space.
1: Yeah, there's a few more dynamics at play Um, there's like the herd mentality. So I think everyone's Mm. along the same line. So like, uh, let's trade the Ethereum up and try and accumulate as much Ethereum as we can. And then, and then hopefully when the fiat goes up on the Ethereum, we can sort of cash out. Yeah. I think everyone's thinking that on the platform. Well, I am, and a lot of other managers Mm. are, by the way, they they talk in the podcast. So um, if everyone's doing the same thing, then that also poses a threat because if every mm. if ethereum goes to ten thousand us yeah in, in the next year or two then if everyone's trying to cash out at the same time that's what crashes the platform mm. and we've seen that with exchanges as well when everyone's trying to cash out at the same time there's not enough liquidity yeah and the whole thing and the thing collapses they pause withdrawals and all that sort of stuff so you, you won't see that now because ethereum is low mm. but if it did suddenly boom you might see that um and i don't know if so are holding in holding the ETH, whether they're holding the fiat. i don't know whether they're trading it themselves or i don't you know yeah that's a, that's a good question i um um so there's a lot of like um there's a lot of risk there if they're not holding the ETH, and all of a sudden it goes up and everyone starts to withdraw that's like a huge red flag for me so yeah so if everyone's trying to do the same thing um so, like, for example, if Ethereum went to 10K, you know, I might be looking to take out 100E. Mm. Uh,
0: yeah. But I mean, that's that's largely a product of the fact that all the rest of everything you do in life, pretty much, for the most part, you, you can't do an ETH. You know, you can't generally, like, pay for your house. You know, you can't pay your mortgage. And if the bank doesn't want you you know, you um, know, I mean, you can, but it's all going back through, you know, fiat um, to do yeah, that um It
1: just It just means that all the card prices will crash mm. and everyone will try and withdraw at the same time and then, and then it just has yeah. like a domino effect.
2: Yeah. So, um,
1: people panic and then, totally. and then that's that could crash the platform. I think it's a huge risk. Uh, at the moment, it's not too bad. And I think they know that. So I think they will switch it over to a stable coin before it gets before if gets to anything
0: because mm. they're interesting and we've seen it already that the fact that actually they're using ETH is also to their benefit from when ETH falls and we saw that when it fell like a couple of months ago all of a sudden I know I, know I did and I'm sure a lot of others did like oh hold on a sec it's actually uh, you know quite a bit more affordable now to whack from Fiat into, into eth. You know ETH price has fallen 10 15%. People have listed their players in terms of ETH. Those that you know have listed their player for a couple of days and haven't you know adjusted the price, they're actually effectively getting 15% less for that player because I'm coming from Fiat and you know the price has fallen. So it, it can work to their benefit, um, when things fall. But yeah, you're absolutely right. If, we, if they see like a sudden rise, and I think that would be the key, not just that it's high, but if it's like suddenly high, that's what would you know spark a like okay, yep, I'm going to sell up my gallery and uh, you know go back to to fiat for a bit. Thanks. And look, and everyone's always surprised uh, when the bull run mm. hits, uh,
1: and everyone's surprised when mm. it crashes, and it just happens time and time again. Yep. Um, and the final two weeks of a bull run are just vertical, mm. and it always overshoots the top. Yep. And then when it crashes, it overshoots the bottom, and that's just the way the market works. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised in the next bull run to see Ethereum bit 10k, something just overshoot. And it will happen quick within a few weeks. So if their model's mm-hmm. are set up to react to that, yeah, you'll see it, you'll see mayhem. And yep. you'll see pa- pausing of withdrawals. And if you see that, yeah, it's it's not good times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the the point on what so themselves hold like an eth versus the fiat um is quite interesting of a topic um i've heard some other podcasts i won't name who talk about what they thought their split would be which i thought is just doesn't make any sense whatsoever i think SORIA surely would be pretty heavily fiat um focused i mean if you think about all the expenses are they going to be paying the developers in ethereum probably not um, Are they paying their taxes in Ethereum? Probably not. Um, You know, all of the expenses they've got as a company, um, I would guess that probably 99% of them are paying in in fiat. So they're probably limiting their risk and just going back to fiat probably just about every day. I mean, they have to keep an element in Ethereum to, you know, um, do all the payouts for first tournament, second tournament, you know, the threshold, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they've got enough data now that they could pretty well predict know roughly how much they'll be paying out you know each week or each month you'd hope you know short if they have got any business savvy they should you know have a pretty rock solid idea of what it's likely going to be um every week my every guess be, my guess would be that they
1: hold the same amount of ethereum that's in everyone's wallets so everyone's accounts mm. so i've got two if you've got two Eve. they would hold four and they just add that yeah so they'd hold that amount of eve um, and then like you said uh, the rest would be in fiat. Yeah. And this is my guess. And then obviously mm. with payouts, they know roughly how much there's going to be that when it just calculates, they'll just convert it and pay that out mm. from fiat. So if that's the case, then as soon as the cards are being sold um, you would, and then ETH is being withdrawn, then that's when maybe they have a system which automatically buys the ETH Once it's yeah withdrawn like that, I don't know. They would have some protections in place, but the the way it would crash is when everybody wants to draw at the same time and it overloads it. Yeah,
0: like a run on the bank. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, And you've seen that with exchanges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, A few exchanges in Australia. Um, Obviously, there's a few other things going on with um, Mm. a
2: few.
1: Lending platforms crashing, like Celsius and a few others. But um, yeah, you've seen it with Mt. Gox. That was the probably the most, mm. yeah, prominent one. When everyone wants to withdraw at the same time, things go wrong. Well. Um, and people generally hurt together. So if they see a whole bunch of people like panicking on Twitter. They just mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, I
0: <laughs> yeah. I sometimes wonder what the like French Twitter is like what the Spanish Twitter is like in around Zurich, because you know, obviously. I don't go sifting through like Google translating every uh, French, relate, you know, Syria tweet, but it definitely feels like there is a lot of emotion in the uh, English Syria Twitter world. Um, yeah, did
1: I did see a French guy won a, a rare Kimmich. Oh, yeah. In the, in the limited, limited so. specialist league.
0: Oh, yes, I did see that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hard worth like eight or nine E and everyone's blowing yeah. up saying that card shouldn't have been in there.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't think there's any small players, small fry players that are <laughs> that are saying that though. <laughs> I mean. And then yeah, I think the same week a guy won a
1: Kimmich super rare as well, which is a decent card. Out of there must have
0: been out of like a specialist rare or something. Specialist one of the higher uh, league, yeah. like rare or
1: something. Yeah. Kimmich was just in that week's uh prizes or something. Maybe.
0: <laughs> Before we close off the pod, have you? It's pretty bit of a football dead zone at the moment um, with international break. Uh, Have you got any lineups for game week 3-0-8? A couple of sketchy uh, World Cup Um, (laughs)
1: lineups. Turkey against, you know, Faroe Islands.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Chinggis under and some other lads. I saw. saw... Yeah, it's
1: yeah, just yeah, three all Yeah, I not could not so well. believe <clears> that. that's pretty shocking. Um I think Halland's always good for a goal in uh for his country. Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah wouldn't be surprised if he scored. Um not sure if Mbappe will be rested because he played uh last night. Mm. So it should be interesting. Um not much happening really, just a few no. sketchy lineups. Um, just maybe on another pod we'll talk about the World Cup when it's approaching Yeah, um, there's a few interesting groups so maybe we go through a few of the groups um, yeah I think there's
0: a lot of interesting groups um, a, cu- a couple of them surprisingly re- repetitive of last World Cup with uh, three of the four teams from, from last World Cup But
1: yeah, yeah there's a couple of groups of death isn't there
0: yeah I mean, if, if New Zealand qualified, we were going into a, a group of death. Um, but uh, we're just going to be sat at home. Our, our lads are just going to be sat at home watching uh, everyone else play. Uh, I think people would just uh, work out who's
1: playing Qatar and then just <laughs> up <against them. laughs> back up against them.
0: Yeah, um, not, not just them. Um, but yeah, who else? is um, a couple of other pretty mismatch um, groups yes, like
1: Qatar aren't the uh, least favorites of the third or fourth least favorites so there's a few others that are uh, not as good apparently.
0: yeah well they don't have a, a terribly like it's not a super difficult like, they've got Ecuador which um they're not bad but they're not exactly like world beaters and Senegal have been inconsistent um, even Netherlands actually have been inconsistent in the World Cup but, um, but not so bad the last couple from memory um, yeah
1: well the Netherlands the Netherlands stack is what the one I'm going to be running I think they'll demolish that
0: group they certainly look yeah they look good for qualification but you never know what was what was it World Cup uh, was it 2014 what was the World Cup
1: they failed to get out of the group they're, they're dark they're my dark horses for winning it they're, they've got a tremendous team they've got yeah they do have a lot of talent
0: a lot of young talent
1: Anyway, well, Depay, Depay picked up an injury, I think, last night. So hopefully, it's not too bad.
0: That's oh, the start of the demise, Sam.
1: Oh, if Depay's out, they—I don't think they can win it.
0: The the real the real um, pros are picking up Qatar um, stacks. <laughs> Have they got any players? <laughs> maybe maybe one. I don't know. Probably like some guy that played at one point and some—I don't know—is like a reserve player and some. Manly, I, I don't actually think they've got any cards at all on Syria. But even know Syria might have done a, you know, a deal with uh, Qatar to cover their their team, there'll be um, good specialist uh, l15 fifteen forty players.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you would imagine for the um, for those special weeklies, there'd be a mm. World Cup one, surely. Um, and everybody's think so. To- everybody's thinking the same, right? So everyone looks at the yeah, fixtures exactly. And, and so I think that having a couple of differentials and just going with that is the way to win it because yeah um everyone's going to have the same players and when they have zero bonuses in those special in those mm. groupies, think, yeah. yeah having a few i don't think a full stack would win it i think you're going to need a few differentials mm. morocco maybe some sort of like maybe. yeah
0: i think canada's going to be pretty well, popular um, i'll do a little bit more research
1: yeah. and we can maybe
0: discuss yeah. it on the Let's do that. We'll do a World Cup special slash La Liga 2. <laughs> that's brilliant. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, joining us again for uh, another episode of So Grind. Uh, that's us for this week. All the best for the upcoming game week and getting through it uh, because international dead zones suck. So uh, yeah, let's look forward to game week 310. That's us. Laters.